Well, it's usually a good thing when there's always something to talk about uh, when it comes to IndyCar, even though we're a few weeks removed from the final race of the season at Long Beach. One, ironically, by Colton Herta, who we're going to spend a lot of time on this edition of the Tone of the Podcast, brought to you by Flooring is Forever, talking about um, and where the 21-year-old California native could see himself in the future as the rumor mill continues to spin on Colton Herta going to Formula One maybe as soon as next year. Um, I'm going to give you my opinion on that, uh, where I think he should go and what he should do with his life, because I'm sure he wants to hear um, a 33-year-old's perspective on what uh, a rock star 21-year-old kid should do. But that's why I have a podcast, and hopefully that's why you listen, is to get my opinion and and uh, you know go back and forth with it. So we're going to discuss that. Um, Jack Harvey to Ray Holliday and Lanigan Racing, how that deal came about, what, we, what we've learned about that. Um, we're also going to talk about Ernie Francis Jr. and the future of him in Indy Lights and IndyCar. And I'm going to recap a little bit if you haven't seen it. So I'll save it towards the end. I'll try not to spoil it too much. But I do want to talk about the, uh, the Randy Lanier document that is on Netflix right now, uh, centered around... The 1985, I believe, Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year. So we will get into that as well here on the Tone of the Podcast, brought to you by Flooring is Forever. Flooring is Forever.com, 317-755-1246. Harley has you covered with over 20 years of experience here locally in the Indianapolis area. They provide you honesty, quality, and value for the flooring that's just right for you. From carpet to hardwood, let Harley transform your home or workplace. Check them out today, flooringisforever.com. So with speculation comes putting the cart before the horse um, and kind of seeing where things would go and and what roads things will go down. So there's a lot of layers to peel back on the Colton Herta to Formula One situation. Layer number one, uh, which could come as soon as next week, um, the rumors are out there, and we know that Michael Andretti has always had interest in owning a Formula One team, um, but will he buy into or buy a full stake of... A Formula One team, and that being uh, Alfa Romeo, which is the current rumors. Um, Michael is expected to be in Coda next week for the Formula One race in Austin, Texas. Now, if that goes down, obviously the obvious choice, seeing how Liberty Media Group, that owns Formula One, is an American-owned company and wants an American driver in Formula One, seeing as there are four North American stops next next year, for Formula One in North America, including the inaugural race down in Miami around uh, Hard Rock Stadium, um, would be to put Colton Herta in that car. Now, Colton would have to acquire a super license to race in Formula One. Um, He does not have that. There could be an exception, um, a granted super license to put Colton Herta in a Formula One car as soon as next year, 2022. Now, um... Look, he's been to Europe before. He's raced over there. He didn't get a fair shot. I think he's always wanted to be in Formula One. He's found a home in IndyCar. Um, but for a kid like Colton Herta who went to Europe and has seen, you know, over the last year or two, I think during the pandemic, the growing popularity in America for Formula One, mostly based around um, Drive to Survive, the Netflix documentary, that, you know, Formula One could really use an American driver and can really use a young American driver with talent. Um, you know, Colton has it all. He's, you know, he hasn't been the greatest on ovals in an IndyCar, 
but he's been great on road and street courses, which is obviously what Formula One is all about. Um, he's a great kid. Every time I've interviewed him or seen him, he's always carried himself well. He kind of lives a – it's like a chill rock star lifestyle, I would say. Um, I don't know him personally. Met him a few times, like I said. Uh, but, again, this is all going to be my opinion from moving forward here. Um, not that he cares or gives two shits about a device of a 33-year-old sitting on his couch currently. Um you know, I saw that there was other people saying, oh, please stay. You know, Colton's got a chance to continue to grow the popularity of IndyCar. Uh, I get that. I understand that. But it's not Colton Herta's job to worry about growing IndyCar if he can go to Formula One. And I know people are going to say, well, why would he go to Formula One? He can be competitive. He can win championships. He can win Indy 500s in IndyCar. Why go to Formula One and run 10th or 12th? Well, the mindset of Colton Herta, if he goes to Formula 1, isn't going to be to run 10th or 12th. You need to go over there as a driver at the peak, and I, I know that the competition isn't where it is in IndyCar, but we talk about money-wise, technology-wise, circuit-wise, the peak of motorsports. Um, J.R. Hildebrand tweeted about it. like That's the peak of motorsports Formula 1. And when you have a chance at 21 or 20, 20, 22 years old to go over there and do that and have a ride... I don't know how you say no. Um, there'll obviously be, be a lot more money involved. I don't know how much he makes. I don't know how much um, his contract looks like as far as earnings, how much maybe Gamebridge um, pays him. But you've got a chance, even if it's for two years, to go over to Formula One, give it a chance, see the world, um, bring global exposure to America, and you can always come back and run IndyCar and the Indy 500. There will always be a ride open for Colton Herta in IndyCar, especially for the 500 and certainly for a full season. If you look, the youngest drivers to win the Indianapolis 500 in the last 21 years was 24-year-old Juan Pablo Montoya and 25-year-old Alexander Rossi. Outside of that, almost every driver that has won the Indianapolis 500, Tony Kanaan, Ryan hunter Ray, Dario Franchitti, Scott Dixon, Obviously, Elio Castro-Nevis, Takuma Sato. We're all past the age of 30. And we're talking about a kid who's 21 years old that could, if it doesn't work out, and let's just say, and I would, I'm not cheering against him because I like Colton Hurd a great deal, and I want to see him succeed in whatever sport that he does, whatever form of open-wheel racing he decides, whether it's Formula 1 or IndyCar, I want to see him succeed. But you can always come back to IndyCar and still have a 20-year career. He's already three years into his IndyCar career. This dude can always come back and still dominate, dominate, still win races, still win Indy 500, still win championships. But you've got a once-in-a-lifetime chance to go to Formula One, be the first driver in over six years to be an American on the grid of a Formula One race. You take it. I think you just have to take it. Now, I'm not the biggest Formula 1 guy, as you guys know. I don't really talk about it that much. The competition isn't great. I do like Max Verstappen. Um, but, you know, there are boring or IndyCar races as well. But my opinion is this. He doesn't owe anything to anybody. Not to IndyCar. But if Michael Andretti, your car owner, says, look, we got a chance to go to Formula 1. We're going to get you your super license. Do you want to go? I don't think you say no. I really don't think you can say no, even if it's you try it out for two years and it doesn't work. At least you tried it. Um, 
you know, I know people are going to say, well, look, it happened to Michael Andretti when he went over there back in 1993, and, and, and it wasn't good. Yeah, well, it's not 1993 anymore. That was 30 years ago. A little bit different now. Um, the popularity, the money will continue to grow. And at the end of the day, he's probably going to come back to IndyCar eventually. Whether it's two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. And it's going to help IndyCar grow. Look how much Marcus Erickson, Alexander Rossi, Roman Grosjean, have, even Takuma Sato, have grown IndyCar because of their Formula One exposure. Like I said, I'm not the biggest F1 guy. I don't follow it thoroughly. And when it comes to IndyCar, NASCAR, F1, it's the one that I follow the least amount. I know who won. I know the drama that happens. I've seen the show. But when Michael Andretti, your car owner, comes to you, and if he does come to you and say, look, I want you to go with us and let's go run Formula One, I think you say yes, and I think you go do it. And I know IndyCar fans don't want to hear it, but I think it's something that um, is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I know there's a lot of back and forth. A lot of people think that he should. A lot of people wish to hope that he stays in IndyCar. Look, we all hope he stays in IndyCar. He's a great ambassador for the sport. He's one of the – he is the best young talent in IndyCar at 21 years old. I'd go below Pato Award, who could also be fished away to go to Formula One here in the next couple of years. That's a whole other story we're going to have to get into another day. Um, but he's definitely heading that group of young gun talent in IndyCar, especially at 21 years old. I mean, you know, Palo, great talent, 24. But Pato and Colton at their age, is it's incredible what they've already done and what they can do in the future, whether that's an IndyCar or that's in Formula One. So um, I say go do it, live the dream, and even if you fail, I would rather fail at something knowing that, you know what, I went overseas, I saw new things, I learned a lot, and damn it, it just didn't work out, whether it was the equipment, because it's not going to be his driving talent. He's, He's a talented driver, we know that. And you can always come back. You can always come back if it doesn't work out, or even if it does work out. Even if you go over and have a 7- to 10-year Formula 1 career, you make millions of dollars, you see the world, you could come back to IndyCar, and you could have a hell of a career from the age of, what, 30 to 45? I mean, Elio just won the 545. Jimmy Johnson is going to be a rookie next year at 47. Plenty of time. The kid's 21 years old. I don't think it's about money to him either. I think it's about just driving in the number one series, really, in the world. And that's what it is. That's what Formula One is. Um, you know, sometimes it's not the greatest of racing. But if he can get a super license and, and Michael Andretti buys into this and then gives him the call to say, hey, let's go do it, I think you absolutely have to do it if you're Colton Hurd. And I wish him the best of luck, and I will support him. I, it would make me watch more Formula One races. If Colton Herta, a guy that I've known, a guy that I've interviewed, a guy that I've grown to like, um, ends up in Formula One, absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would, I would watch all the time just to see how Colton was doing. Um, I like Max Verstappen, um, Daniel Ricciardo. I like him a lot too. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you got to do it if you're Colton Herta, and I wish him nothing but the best. And whatever that kid wants to do, let him do it. Don't shun him because oh well, your owner did this tw- thirty years ago and it didn't work out. Or look at these amazing drivers like Sebastian Bourdais and whoever else that failed at Formula One or didn't get a fair shake or something, something, something. Just let him go. Let it go. Let it go. Let him go do his thing. 
Uh, so what would that mean for Andretti Autosport? Well, we do know that Devlin DeFrancesco is more than likely tapped to be uh, the replacement for James Hinchcliffe at Andretti Autosport. And if Colton Herta were to vacate that ride and go over with Gamebridge, I think Gamebridge has a lot. I didn't, I didn't mention I think Gamebridge has a lot of um, interest in running Formula One. Now, would that take away the sponsorship uh, on the 26 car at Andretti Autosport on the IndyCar side? We'll see. I mean, Gamebridge seems like they have a lot of money to spend. I actually saw the owner last night at Prime 47 before the Pacer game. Um, that's nor here That's nor here or there. I'm never going to tell anybody how to spend their money. But, I mean, I, you, you got to think a guy that owns Gamebridge who has uh, is sponsoring the field house, sponsoring an IndyCar, hey, we can take your company global to Formula One, incredible exposure, huge numbers all over the world. I mean, as a businessman, as long as – as long as the, the 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 pocketbook's there, I don't see how you say no to that either. So maybe we see a little Gamebridge backing over uh, overseas for Formula One with Colton Herta. Um, so Devlin DeFrancesco and Kyle Kirkwood both tested at Sebring for Andretti Autosport on Wednesday. Um, I heard great things out of both drivers. Uh, Devlin was right there. Devlin had a great day. Loved the car. Um, enjoyed the ride. Uh, was fast. So was Kyle Kirkwood. Um. So there has been rumors that Vassar Sullivan would could branch off and move on to Andretti Autosport to help field Kyle Kirkwood. Now, it would be an extension team. So, yes, if Colton stays, that could be a fifth car. Um, obviously, you still have the Meyer-Shank technical relationship that will consist of Elio Castroneves and Simon Pagano next year. Um, and then maybe you have another extended team with Vassar Sullivan, and maybe it's Andretti Vassar Sullivan, and that fields Kyle Kirkwood. Or if Colton goes to Formula One, that 26 car becomes open, and that could insert Kyle Kirkwood, the up-and-coming Indy Lights champ that um, has a lot of talent behind the wheel as well. The UPS store in Fishers off Oleo Road has everything your small business needs when it comes to shipping. At the UPS store, you can pack it professionally by your local UPS certified packing expert. It's backed with their package ship guarantee. Check out the friendly faces at the Oleo Road location in Fishers for your small business needs. 11650 Oleo Road or give them a call 317-578-0094. You can also schedule if you got a package to send out, like I do, for UPS to come to your home and pick it up. But that doesn't get you into the store, so that's another, another, uh, another story for another day. Continuing the IndyCar theme, we're going to do IndyCar here. If you're looking for Colts Pacer stuff, we're going to do another podcast here over the next couple of days. So Jack Harvey lands the 45 high V entry in the NTT IndyCar Series full-time 2022 Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Um, everybody, including myself, had him tapped for the 30 car. Now the 45 car is basically becoming the 30 car. Um, Hy-Vee did one in American. Uh, looks like Santino Ferrucci wants to stay in Xfinity Racing. I don't know what happened with Oliver Askew, um, but with all of the marketing and um, advertising that Hy-Vee has already done based around the number 45 car, they said, look, we want to contend next year. We like Jack Harvey as well. Let's do it. That tells me that Christian Lungard is going to be tabbed for now the 30 car, which will be technically the third car at at, at um, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. I know Mike Lanigan loves Christian Lungard, um, and he's got some money to bring. 
And I think that's how that deal kind of came about. They said, look, you know, here's where the money situation stands. Santino wants to run Xfinity. Oliver Askew doesn't have the money that we're looking for to budget a third car. What if you at Hy-Vee took Jack Harvey, uh, a great driver, um, loves the bake. Maybe that was in there. I don't know. Um, and we field him in the 45, which is technically our second car. And, I mean, I'm assuming, this is total assumption here, that Jack Harvey walked in the room with the owners of Hy-V, and they immediately fell in love with him. Like, this guy's great. He's well-spoken. He's a good-looking dude. Um, he's fast. He's on the verge of a breakthrough. Let's do it. And maybe Hy-V said, let's do that, and then we can still offer Santino Ferrucci, maybe an Indy 500 drive. Maybe some Xfinity sponsorship like we saw two weeks ago at Talladega. And you kind of get the best of both worlds if you're high V. So um, I do expect Christian Lungard to be in that 30 car next year for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Big thanks to Connor's Pub in Broderbull. Great place to go. Check out the games. Grab a drink. Uh, the Irish Pub just north of the canal in Broderbull is a great place to hang out with friends. Great back, great back patio and good times. And, uh, hell, they'll be uh, right across from Lou Malnati's here over the next couple of years as that opens up the Chicago-based pizza chain. All right, other news, um, you know, Pinsky talked about the, di- the vi- diversity and inclusion of new drivers coming to the sport, coming to IndyCar, coming to the Indianapolis 500. Um, Miles Rowe, who is on this podcast, is obviously a part of that train to get um, African-American drivers into the sport, into the series. Um, I think he will move up next year. He tested earlier this week, so I think we'll see him move up um, to Pro 2000 and compete for the championship next year, whether that's with Pap, so he tested with earlier this week or not. Um, but then it was also uh, mentioned that Ernie Francis Jr. is going to test an Indy Lights car on the road course in hopes of possibly running full-time in 2022 Indy Lights. Now, there still is an outside chance with Penske only having three cars of the 500 that they would throw Ernie Francis Jr. in there for the 500. Um, A lot of people around him say that he is ready. He has oval experience, but not in an open-wheel car. Um, That might be a little far of a stretch, but the only way you're going to learn is to go do it. And are you really going to learn how to run the Indianapolis 500 by running a full light season? I say no. Um... But if he if, if he can get an IndyCar test before April and he can compete his ROP in a Penske car, I think he can do it. But I think it's a little far-fetched to think that that's going to happen because just it's we're already through October almost. Um, things would have to come over. Things would have to come through really quickly on that. And But if anybody was going to expedite that process, it would be Roger Penske. So um, great for Ernie France Jr. He's a great talent, great driver. And I hope that he gets to the 500, whether it's in 2022 or 2023. Um, we shall see. Levi Jones named the director of Indy Lights, which is great. Uh, Levi was an awesome uh, sprint car driver, World of Outlaws. I mentioned this. Look, the Freedom 100 is not coming back in 2022. You hope it comes back in 2023. I think it would be super cool if the USAC Silver Crown champion uh, was given an automatic ride in the Freedom 100 Uh, the following year in May if that race does come back. So I think Levi Jones will certainly be an advocate for more ovals. 
and an advocate for getting uh, some of these USEC drivers like Cody Swanson, like Logan CV, um, that 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 deserve a chance to at least go Indy Lights racing. So um, we'll see on that. All right, if you haven't seen the documentary on Randy Lanier called Need for Weed, uh, Bad Sport on Netflix, uh, please make sure you check it out. If you haven't seen it and you don't want it to be spoiled, um, you may want to go ahead and just stop the podcast right now. So Randy Lanier, who was the 1985 Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year, um, there's a documentary about his journey. And uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, he was one of the top drug lords um, in Miami. He was illegally in charge of shipments of weed into the United States from mostly Colombia, I believe. Um, And this document goes through and discusses and tells you how this dude was kind of funding his racing career with the loads and shipments of weed that he would bring in from South America. And I mean, this guy, we're not even, we're not talking like a couple pounds of weed or whatever. This dude was shipping in tons of weed, like actual tons of weed, getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this. These shipments were so large that he had to buy a barge ship to ship them in. And in the middle of running for the Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year in 1985, I believe, in the middle of that, that entire month, you're you're trying to make the 500. You're trying to, that stress is on you. Every day you got to learn as a rookie. Remember, this is back in the day where on May 1st, the track opened up and was open for practice every day. Um, <laughs> this dude was in the middle of shipping in the biggest and largest shipment of weed to America. And it got he had to divert it from Louisiana to California. So um, there's so much more of the story to that as well. Check it out on Netflix, The Need for Weed. Um, you know, I know that things were different back in the day, back in the back in the 80s, that's for sure. But um, unbelievable how that all went down. And he uh, ended up pulling that out and, 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 and making that happen. So the, it's under the Bad Sport series on Netflix called The Need for Weed. Check it out. Um, it's certainly worth it. So um, hit me up. I'd love to know your thoughts on Colton Herta, what he should do in the future, whether if he gets that chance to go to Formula One or not. Um, and we'll just continue to look forward to the future. Thank you to Flooring is Forever, Connor's Pub, and the UPS store on Olio Road for supporting the Tony D podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening, following, subscribing, all that good stuff. Take care.